Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to our podcast. It is podcast number 311. I am very excited because we have a fantastic guest. Karen Noe is going to be on. She's got a book called We Consciousness. She's a very well-known psychic medium and channeler, and uh, she actually has been in touch with everybody who knows uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. She has been communicating with Wayne Dyer through his uh, um move to different dimensions besides the third dimension that uh, we're in. And uh, the, she's come across with this book that has 33, it's called The We Consciousness 33, Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And uh, I read the whole book and it's really fantastic. It's like uh, everything that I picked up in the last five or 10 years in terms of uh, going on my own personal spiritual quest, if you will, I put that in quotes because everybody's on a spiritual quest each and every day and every moment, but just about everything that I've heard and learned and processed from all the different guests on guys, guys radio, and just from my readings, uh, is all in this book and laid out very simple terms very digestible. I'm going to read the book again. I really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to bring her out here. So we're going to do that in a couple of minutes. Um, if uh, I know a lot of times when I have psychic mediums uh, uh, on the show that people want to call in and get readings and stuff, but Karen's not going to do readings. But if you have a question about consciousness or what we're going to talk about in terms of uh, her book and uh, some of these 33 truths and her channeling with Wayne Dyer and the We Consciousness group, um, feel free. The number is 347-945-5834. But again, she's not going to be doing uh, readings on the air tonight. We're going to talk about her book and some of the teachings uh, that come through to us, and I think that's actually probably going to be more important for everybody, uh, aggregate as a whole. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. It all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's a story about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. The book's still selling. It came out a few years ago. You can pick it up on Amazon or any of the e-tailers and in some bookstores still. And it's really my, my attempt really to help bridge the communication gap between men and women. Since the book came out, though, I think the gap has the, become a chasm. And I think it's really time now with the Me Too movement, hopefully men will listen up a little better and uh, we can really learn about how uh, the different sexes feel about their experience and some of the experiences they've had, both positive and negative. And I think uh, this is a, a good time for uh, people to come together and everybody listen, but particularly men right now. We're moving towards more of a, I think, a female-dominated world and, uh, you know, the guys have kind of run the show for uh, thousands of years. So it's, it's not a bad idea to let let's let women have a shot at this and see if they can clean up some of the mess we've made, along with uh, adding to some of the wonderful things that have come about in the last uh, in the, our, our human period on Earth. Um, what else is going on? 
You can catch all Guys Guys Radio podcasts, all 311 of them on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, my website, robertmanny.com. You can read all my blog posts. I just uh, I am now a syndicated columnist with Cupid's Pulse, Ask the Guys Guys. So readers write in with relationship questions, and I tackle them to try to help. And uh, the whole Guys Guys movement came out. It started with the book that I spoke about and then became my blog and then Guys Guys Radio. And we're really getting that message out there. And now I'm working on a nonfiction book. Uh, It's interesting. I was going to write a sequel to The Guys Guys Guide to Love because people really enjoy it. And then I started writing about the the secondary character in the book, the number two character who seems to overpower the book. His name is Roger Fox. He's kind of, you call him a, a lovable womanizer who kind of has his comeuppance come and becomes a better man. And I thought I would write it about him. And I started writing the book and then I stopped when the Me Too movement kind of, uh, well, the Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein accusations came out and then the whole, uh, you know, bridge broke down an avalanche of uh, accusations and uh, awareness of what's been going on out there. So, I decided to put that book in its current form aside and I'm starting to work. I've been working on over the summer, a nonfiction book to help people uh, find their way. If you will, I think there's so many people, particularly guys who they have so much to juggle and balance and deal with and all the stress and anxiety of modern culture that I thought between personal experiences and then some things that I can add to uh, things that have helped me, kind of grow uh, might be something interesting. So I'm working on that. Hopefully it'll be done in the next couple of months. And then I'm going to move on to a Me Too love story uh, fictional book. So that's how I'm going to tackle the sequel to The Guys, Guys, Guys to Love. So a lot of work ahead of me, and hopefully uh, I'll get to share those things with you, with the audience, as well as other things I'm doing. Now, one thing we're going to definitely be doing is we've got guests booked for Guys, Guys Radio. We're I'm booking in uh, late December now. So uh twice a week now instead of once a week. And we we're growing the audience. Uh, I'm appearing on a lot of other shows. I'm actually going to be on a, uh, a new podcast tomorrow about uh, dads, older dads. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, then I have a few other schedule. I just uh, did one today uh, for single and stilettos to help uh, women having relationship issues, dating issues, you know, trying to figure out why, these strange creatures called men and how they think and operate and how they hunt and feed and, and, and just are because men are weird and I'm one of them. So uh, anything we can do to help, we want to do. Okay. Let's talk about what's going on in the guys, guys world. We'll take a very, very quick break after that. And then we'll bring out our special guest, Karen Noe. So I guess the number one thing in the news has been this hurricane and uh, thank God, goodness. It's like now, broken up and it's up, uh, I guess, towards Canada. We still have some remnants here. I'm in uh, New York City right now in uh, up, Upper West Side, Harlem area. And that's, I'm looking out the window and it's, cl- it's cloudy out there outside the studio. It's twisty, weird clouds. The weather's been bizarre. Thankfully, we didn't get dumped on the way the f- poor folks in uh, North and South Carolina and uh, did. And uh, President Trump was down there today and I think this guy just has trouble with being, uh, you know, one of the jobs of president is to be able to console people and empathize with them. He really struggles with that because he was saying, like, have a good time to people. (laughs) They're not having a good time right now, just so you know. So that's one thing that's going on. We pray for them and hope everything, uh, the water drains off there. And 
Wow. And this is just the beginning of hurricane season. Uh, the other thing that's on the news, it's uh, this uh, Supreme Court nominee. And it's a whole mess because, you know, when the Demo- when Obama was in, he had a candidate who was kind of a moderate candidate and the Republicans wouldn't let wouldn't even talk to the guy. And now Trump gets in and he pushed Neil Gorsuch through, who's a. Really, if you look at his voting record, he's always voted on the side, almost exclusively on the side of corporations versus individuals. So that's a little bit scary going forward because, you know, these Supreme Court jobs now, it's become so political, but now that but they're lifetime jobs. I think they have to take a look at that and like switch off like 10 years or something like that. But this lifetime, if you get somebody in there who has very fixed opinions uh, and they're in there for their their whole life, it becomes a political uh, appointee. And uh, I think that's what happened. This guy, Kavanaugh, who's up there, and uh, obviously everybody knows that he's just been accused of some type of sexual assault when he was a teenager. And that's created a kind of stalled the process. And we'll see what happens with that. But um, it seems like he's been handpicked because he wouldn't allow the belief is that he won't allow any charges against uh, President Trump to happen while he's in office. So that that would be politicizing a Supreme Court because people like us. We have to deal with in the next 40 years with this guy's or 30 years of this guy's decisions. And he's being picked probably number one, because he would uh, protect presidential powers and immunities uh, while in office. So that's, that's sad when that happens. So there's gotta be some changes in this country because it's really, it's very dysfunctional in my opinion. What else? I'm in New York city. And uh, the, the biggest change I've seen, I've seen two big changes in New York city, three in the last uh, 30 years. Uh, one is that uh, the gentrification and the uh, commercialization where you have, you know, gaps everywhere and banks everywhere and drugstores everywhere. And the little business person has been kind of squeezed out, at least in Manhattan, for the most part. Um, that's one. Two is that uh, the park system has gotten so much better along the waterfront. It's beautiful in New York's in Manhattan, I'm speaking of. And Central Park is absolutely stunning. And they're going to put millions and millions, I think over $100 million in the uptown section of Central Park over the next couple of years. And uh, the third thing is not a good thing. And that is the mass transit system is just cannot handle the demand. Uh, The signals break down literally every day. There are delays and it's so tough for people who are working in the city and it it hurts business. It really brings people down. You get on the subway and everybody's like just throwing their hands up and it's, it's sad. I send out, I do my best to send out, I'd say, uh, I know who you are in truth. I know what you are in truth. I know how you serve in truth. Every time I get in the subway car, I do that for myself also. Uh, There's nothing wrong with working on yourself, but anything you can do to send out some positive vibes because it's pretty rough down there. In New York City, I noticed after traveling a lot this summer, I came back how much anxiety there is here in New York. It's really, uh, it's a great, great city, and I've loved living here, but it's like, wow, there's a lot of anxiety here. So anything people here can do to send out positive energy it really has a ripple effect so please keep that in mind my fellow new yorkers who are out there the other thing uh the only thing i want to talk about right now is um you know i've been on this process of elimination diet i i've talked to talked about it a number of times on the show and basically what i've done to kind of clean up my own diet and learn about myself and my habits is at the beginning of the year, I came up with this idea. I've tried all different types of diets. I'm not a big guy or fat guy or anything like that. I pretty much, I'm in good shape. I work out all the time. I run, 
uh, about 5'10", and, uh, you know, as you get on in years, I started to, you know, even though I was working out the same, I kept, you know, there's another pound on the scale, another pound on the scale, or I take a di- I do a diet or a fast or something, it come off and then it come back. And I'm like, I have to do a lifestyle thing. So what I'm going to do is really take a deep dive. So I just developed this idea called the process of elimination diet. And basically what it is, is every week this year, I've given up something else out of my diet. I gave up eating meat 10 years ago. And I don't really have, uh, very rarely have caffeine, but I figured, you know what? I can keep going. I got to go further. I'm not quite, I know Karen, our guest, she's a vegan and we'll talk to her about that a little bit. But what I did was I quit something. I eliminated something from my diet every week and I'm about 38 weeks or so into it. And I've lost uh, over 20 pounds. I feel fantastic. And, uh, I've added a little mini workout thing, a four-minute thing called the uh, Peaceful Warrior Workout, which really stretches out your spine and uh, firms up your core. And I I feel, I don't even think about age. I'm doing everything I've always done. I feel fantastic. And I've also started working on uh, not only eliminating some foods from my diet, but I've done some meditations and uh, affirmations to eliminate any stored up emotions that kind of hide in organs. And I've noticed my body's become so sensitive that, you know, when I get angry, my liver hurts and anger and liver, the liver is supposedly uh, tied together. But I started out this year, I gave up alcohol. I'm like, and I, I'm a social drinker. I enjoy it, but I don't drink a lot, but still, you know, not having any is different. So I've gone like five months, a couple of times, but this time I decided I'm going 2018. So here we are the end of September, I'm still going strong there. And every week after that, I gave up something. And invariably, it was the next thing I started craving. So no alcohol. So then I wanted ice cream. So I gave up ice cream. Then I wanted chocolate. And I gave up chocolate. And then I wanted candy bars. and uh, Candy, I gave that up. And then cake. And then pie. And then muffins. And then scones. And right down the list. And I found myself eliminating so many foods that have white flour or sugar and just weren't really good for me. And as I've done that, I have much less, the cravings for those foods has gone away. So it's a fantastic diet. It doesn't cost you any money. In fact, you save money. You eat better food. You eat less of it because you're not quite as hungry. And if you eat the right foods, you can be satiated for a good number of hours. I think Americans in particular, I think we our portion sizes are pretty darn big. And it's not necessary, uh, but we like to gobble. And uh, there's a lot of nervous eaters out there, including myself. So this has been a great process. I wrote about it. It's on my website, robertmanny.com. Two installments on that. I'm going to do a year-end summary of what happens. But so far, it's going great. I, uh, I would suggest that if you want to do a lifestyle style change, consider the power, the process of elimination diet. You're just eliminating things. You're not, you don't have to buy any kits. You don't have to change anything except you don't eat certain things. Now, after 38 weeks, I'm like, okay, what do I give up now? So I gave up. I love these little cheese crackers, these organic cheese nibs. I'm like, you know what? I don't need them. Cut them out. So out they go. So they're gone. So, but it's getting tough. And the one thing I really want to eliminate is pizza. But my son, he's a pizza freak. And so every time I'm with him, we're out for lunch, whatever. The one thing I know he'll always eat is pizza. So I'm like, there it is, the pizza in front of me. But I'm going to cut that out soon myself also. And what I do now, a lot of times I just get it for him or I'll have one piece. He has two or whatever. But um, I'm getting there and I feel great. So anyhow, let's uh, take a super quick break and then we'll be right back with our special guest, Karen Nowy. You're listening to the Guys Guys Radio. 
Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. I know our guest, uh, she's calling in from Waldwick, New Jersey, Bergen County, where I grew up. I grew up in River Edge, and uh, she is an amazing uh, New Jersey-based psychic medium, spiritual counselor, and she's a healer. She's actually got a two-year waiting list for healing, and I don't even think she does uh, too many readings uh, uh, anymore, uh, but she has amazing talent. She is a uh, gifts, I would call it, and she's the author of uh, the book, Your Life After Their Death, A Medium's Guide to Healing After a Loss. And I can relate to that because I lost my dad um, in February, yet I feel there was closure there and I feel very connected to him and I can call on him now. And I love him very much and I know he's in a good place. Um, And through the eyes of another, a medium's guide to creating heaven on earth by encountering your life review, which is interesting review now, which, uh, wow, I really want to learn about that because uh, Karen uh, says in the book that writes in the book that uh, after you pass, one of the first things you do is you go through a life review while uh, kind of experiencing everything that all the people you were encountering during life felt when dealing with you. And I know that's going to be tough for me because sometimes people take me the wrong way, but uh, I'll have to just keep doing a better job while I'm here in this body. And as I keep going forward, where she teaches classes, she gives readings and she practices alternative healing. And you can sign up for a newsletter and learn more about her at her website, Karen Noe, uh, or Noe.com, Karen, N-O-E.com. And she's got this book out called We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, she's channeled these ascended masters, and including in the, in the masters is Wayne Dyer, who passed a couple of years ago. And uh, they've come out with these 33 truths, if you will, to really help people and uh, the book is fascinating, and Karen gets into diet, um, how she works with uh, Wayne Dyer, um, uh, energy techniques, um, the Ho'oponopono, uh, Hawaiian uh, healing, um, how to work with angels, um, some truths about ETs, um, plant-based diet, um, etc. So let's, let's bring her on here right now. I apologize. She's been waiting. And good evening and welcome, Karen, to Guys Guys Radio. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure. So as I was saying to the audience, um, your book is wonderful. I really enjoyed it. It was very uh, easy to read in a good way. It just flowed. And uh, it was like everything I've kind of has passed uh, by my eyes and I've kind of processed over the last five to ten years is all in your book. And it's just wonderful. I would say if somebody's going to read a spiritual-based book and really want to get get it. This is the book to read. It's got everything and it's it, it very clearly stated. And uh, so congratulations. It's really masterful how you pulled it off, pulled it together. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so let's, let's get started. Um, I, I assume our audience is probably interested in um, how did you learn that you had your gift of channeling and how would you describe mm-hmm. what your gift is? Okay, people do ask me all the time, you know, if I've always been psychic. And the answer is yes, but not to the extent that I am now. When I was younger, my father used to take me to the racetrack, and I'd pick the winning horses for him. Now I'm an animal (laughs) activist. I don't go to the track. (laughs) So things like that. And my friends used to say, you know, I freaked them out sometimes because I would know things that would happen before they did. You know, I thought everybody was like that. And in reality, we all can do what I do. And if we can get into that a little bit later, too, I'd really like to do that because I I know my purpose here on the planet is to empower people to do what I do. It's not Mm -hmm. just what I can do, you know. 
But uh, about 20, 25 years ago, I was going through a difficult time in my life, and I just sat at the edge of my bed, and I yelled at God. And I said, am I going to be okay? And with that, I saw a light that came towards me from the other side of the room. And my first response was, if you're not of God, please leave. But mm-hmm. the more I said that, the more it kept coming towards me and eventually enveloped me. And at that time, I heard an audible voice that said, Lucha Lucina, Bella Lucha Lucina. And for those who are Italian, they know what that means. It means light, little light. Yes. It means mm-hmm. light, little light, beautiful little light. And um, I've since learned through meditation and more uh, readings and uh, just they came to come. They came to me. It was St. Francis of Assisi who's been guiding and protecting me ever since. And for those who follow me on Facebook or have read any of my books, you'll see my St. Francis connection. And to make a very long story short, right after that experience, I started to receive messages from deceased loved ones as well as the angels. And I reluctantly gave in and started to share the messages with people. And the rest is history. Now, how did these uh, deceased loved ones, how did they get in touch with you? Was it telepathically or? Yes. So this is something, it's a good question because I'd like to share with the listeners uh, how I receive messages is how they would receive messages too. We are expecting to hear a voice or to see an apparition of what they looked like, but in reality, they don't have a physical body. You know, they speak to us telepathically. They come to us as thoughts that pop in our head for no reason, and I'll explain that too. They give us signs to let us know they're with us. They come to us as in dreams to let us know they're there. But they started to come at the most random times. I'd be on the soccer field watching my children play, you know, soccer and messages. You know, they would start to come right after that experience. And reluctantly, I gave in and shared the messages. And they always were very uh, specific messages that only the deceased and the living loved one would know. So eventually I gave in. I started practicing Reiki in the back of a hair salon. And as I did Reiki, I would receive messages um, Mm -hmm. for the person. And uh, if I may, if I could share one of the first messages I ever I ever got, that's how Please I knew do. I was really. I'm a Reiki master uh, teacher, so I can. Okay, then you understand. So when you're touching, when you're um, connecting with them, it's energy healing. For those yeah. who don't understand what it is, you're in their vibration. So oftentimes, when I'm doing Reiki on someone, you know, that's when I'm I'm in their vibration. I can feel their loved ones. And I just started doing this. I just had the messages from uh, St. Francis and so forth. So I was new to it at that time. This was many years ago. And there was a woman on the table, and someone was trying to come through. His name was Robert, and he said he died in a car accident. And then he showed me a kangaroo with boxing gloves punching the air. So because I didn't know, you know, this can't possibly mean anything. Here I am. I live in the United States. You know, that can't. I don't think that could mean anything, but he kept showing me this visual in my mind's eye. Okay. When, when you said, how do I receive Mm -hmm. messages? It wasn't outside of myself. So eventually I I gave in and I said, okay, there's somebody here named Robert. He died in a car accident and her eyes got big. (laughs) And I said, he's showing me a kangaroo with boxing gloves. And she jumped off the table and she screamed. She said, that's my friend, Robert. He died in a car accident, but he boxed kangaroos in Australia. So I said, okay, okay, there's no way I would have known that. So I gave in. I started to give the messages as I was, you know, receiving them. Mm -hmm. And word spread, and eventually I was booked a couple of years ahead of time. And um, that's where I am now. So I am booked a couple of years. You said before I'm not taking readings. I am. 
but only oh, for okay. those. I have current clients who have been to see me. They always want to come back. So mm-hmm. I open up my appointments for healing, only healing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when they come to see me, oftentimes messages come as well, but they still have to wait a couple of years to, you know, for an appointment. So that's the story. <laughs> okay. So let's move forward then. Um, uh, so Wayne Dyer, who is a you know a great teacher and speaker and communicator, and I read uh, just you know throughout my life I've always read metaphysical, if you will, books and uh, self help books, and uh, I, I went to different periods of different authors way back. Carlos Castaneda, I wanted to just see, read about that, and read, read a lot of Wayne Dyer's book. Your Sacred Self is one of my favorites, and saw all his videos, and I really found him to be. Uh, uh, respectfully, a great aggregator of truths from ascended masters, if you will, and uh, a great communicator of, of I am. And uh, he taught me a lot and put it out in very entertaining, clear tones to uh, and uh, words to people. How, what happened? He passed a few years ago. And um, tell us what the connection was, how you know you got into his kind of uh, sphere there and uh now you're channeling wayne and a group that he's incorporated with in the the dimension that he's in which is you know there's wayne and then there's wayne included in this group of 33 so because he doesn't have a body there's more of him kind of to go explain how the whole thing works with your connection with wayne and then the group of 33 and how he is integrated into the group of 33 sure Okay, I'll try to make it quick because it's a long story, but it was a, a series of synchronistic events that brought me to his family. Um, I, I um, had Serena Dyer on my own radio station. I have a radio show the first Saturday of every month. It's called the Angel Quest Show. And she was on my show a few months before the passing of Wayne to promote her book, Don't Die With Your Music Still In You. It's a great book. And so I had her contact information. And right after Wayne passed, I knew I had to do something for her. I wasn't sure what, but I had to tell her about the afterlife, you know. So I emailed her and I said, you know, dear Serena, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. Please know without a doubt that he's okay and would want you to be too. I said to her, make sure to ask him to give you signs to let you know he's with you. Ask him to come to you in a dream and to wake you up after the dream so that you remember it. And I said, and I have a book out. It's called Your Life After Their Death. And I think it would help. I know it would help you because it's everything I've learned up until this point. You know, in the book, I talk about how you could connect Mm -hmm. with your loved ones, how you could raise your vibration so you're more on par with their energy and healing techniques and so forth. So she she emailed me back and she said, yes, she would love a copy of my book. And I mailed it to her right away. Three days later, I was scheduled to speak for my publisher, Hay House. Uh, It's called an I Can Do It event. I was going to be speaking about life after death, about my, that particular book that I was talking about. And the day before that, they were going to be uh, doing a tribute to Dr. Dyer. So I hope you're following it so far. Yes, Because <laughs> now it's absolutely. getting complicated. Okay. So um, I went there a day early to go to, the, uh, to this event. And they had a, ba- a bus for the Hay House authors as well as Wayne Dyer's family to go from the hotel room over to the conference center where this event was going to be held. So I was sitting on this bus, and there was only one seat available on the whole bus, and it happened mm-hmm. to be next to me. And in walks Serena Dyer, and there she sits go. down next to me. There you go, right? Wow. This mm-hmm. was meant to be. So I said, oh, Serena, hi. I'm so sorry about your dad. My name's Karen Noe. 
And she said, oh, Karen, I just got your book. Thank you so much. And I said, I hope it helped you immensely. I said, have you heard from him? Have you received signs? And she said her sister, Sage, her youngest sister, um, actually had a very profound dream in which uh, her dad came to her and she felt him hug her. And she said she felt his hairy arms in the dream. So Mm -hmm. I said, oh, my gosh, that's a true visitation, without a doubt. And, um, you know, we were talking about that. That was pretty much it at that first encounter, right? So we went to the event. That was it. After the event was over, um, I decided not to go back on the bus because I didn't feel significant enough. Within me, I'm saying to myself, those are my favorite Hay House authors, as well as Wayne Dyer's family. Now, I didn't know him personally, but, he, you know, I was a huge fan of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, um, I'm not significant. I'm, I'm so insignificant. I'm so insignificant. And as I'm walking to the hotel room, instead of going on the bus, I'm saying this, and that's when I heard him for the first time. And he said, get out of your own way. Get mm-hmm. out of your own way. Well, what does that mean? So I, what does that mean? Just get out. I mean, it, I had myself, like, putting myself down and not mm-hmm. able to reach the levels that I can and to remember the God within me and all sorts of things that I later understood what that meant, you know. Okay. But by thinking I'm insignificant, it's like putting myself down. And I know many people that, you know, feel the same way about themselves. They don't feel they're good enough or, you know, things like that. So when I heard that, I said, Wayne, if this is really you, you have to give me a without a doubt sign to let me know you're with, this is truly you. So then I said, how may I serve? And he said, you're already serving. And I said, fine, how may I serve more? So I went to the hotel room, and as I went to the hotel room, there was a sticker that had somehow attached itself to the inside of my shirt. And how I knew that, it was very, sti- it was very itchy. So I, I was trying to figure out what was going on, and I reached in to, to see what it was. And the sticker said on it, W-E. <laughs> and on the bottom of it, it said Disney. And I wasn't at Disney, so there's no way I could have gotten it that way. So, wow. So I thought it meant Wayne, first letter, last letter of his name. Right. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes, right, when I receive mm-hmm. messages, it comes as their first letter, last letter, or their name itself. And he started laughing, saying, is that good enough? And I said, it sure is. Awesome. A little later, I found out it was the weak consciousness. And then Great. to make a, lot, a very long story, the, the Dyer family eventually came to visit me in New Jersey. <laughs> And he came through with messages. Awesome. Very perfect, you know, personal messages. Wow. Him. So now he is part of, now, look, let's start here. Where is Wayne yeah. Dyer now and where do people go when they pass? And then who is the We Consciousness, this group, and what are they? And how <laughs> oh. is Wayne incorporated? Because there's Wayne and then there's Wayne a part of something much bigger because we're all squashed into these human bodies. And my understanding is what I'm learning is that like time and timelines and everything's kind of on top of each other. And we experience things in, in different ways. I want to ask you about that, but let me turn it over to you first to kind of talk about who the we consciousness group is, how Wayne uh, is part of that and how he does things individually, but in a bigger perspective as part of the group. Okay. So uh, that first year, uh, now he has eight children as well as a wife, and I was on the phone with them pretty much three to four times a week, giving them messages at very specific times. It was incredible that, you know, there's no way I, w- I would have known these certain things. Like the moment Serena was giving birth, he told me to call her. 
you know, and so forth like that. But in any case, mm-hmm. the first year after he passed, it was New Year's Eve, and I wanted to stay awake from midnight, but I couldn't. At 8, 8 p.m., I started to fall asleep. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm taking a nap. So I went to lie down, and as I'm in that in-between state of consciousness, I felt Wayne, but this time he came through for me. And he said, now's the time to do what you came on earth to do. And I immediately knew what that was. It was to promote peace on earth. So I said, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Am, are you, am I going to be channeling you for a book? And he said, yes and no. I said, I don't understand what that means. <laughs> he said he was going to be joining forces with a group consciousness called the We Guides. Mm-hmm. And the We Guides was um, a higher level of consciousness, with, which includes St. Francis of Assisi, uh, Ascended Masters, Angels, and he would be joining forces with them. Um, They were going to be giving me 33 concepts for inner and outer peace. And I said to him, why 33? And he said, 33 symbolizes divine guidance and spiritual uplifting of all of creation. I said, okay, so am I going to be channeling this group consciousness? He said, I had been channeling them my whole life, but I didn't realize this. You know, when St. Mm-hmm. Francis came, he actually came with a group consciousness. And um, so I had all this knowledge within me. He would still be able to come through singularly for his family and friends. And we can all call upon him. If you desire to talk to Wayne, you can call upon him. As long as you're on the same uh, vibrational frequency, you know, you just want to set the intention, raise your vibration, you'll be able to connect to him. But when he comes through with the group consciousness called the We Guides, they would be giving higher level, not personal messages, but messages more for mankind and to create peace on the planet Earth. So if, uh, if I was in meditation and I'm working on a nonfiction book and I wanted to uh, ask Wayne for some uh, guidance on that, if I, get into, if I can raise my vibration as high as possible, is it possible for me then to... Uh, communicate with him as a, as a, for absolutely. instance, absolutely. Because it's okay. not, he's just not coming to me. He's coming to whoever. And if you hear stories around the world, he's been giving incredible signs and messages to so many people. Um, he was large in life. He's even larger now that he left his physical body. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, uh, is it true that, um, guides, because a lot of people, I think they get mixed up. Okay. There's angels and there's guides and there's ascended masters that the, the, some, and there's all these different groups of guides. So let me, let me take a step back. Um, Mm -hmm. I do a spiritual enfoldment group, which I, uh, which I mentioned to you, uh, with a woman by the name of Jeanette Meek and she's fantastic. And, uh, we work with, um, the brotherhood and they come Mm -hmm. in and we get to like a spiritual circle and we can ask questions, you know, big picture questions and they are super helpful. And then I've interviewed Paul Selig who channels this. I think the group is like the Metisilac, Metisiac. I'm, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. And then there's mm-hmm. the, the We Consciousness group. And it seems like there's a lot of these groups out there. Do they, do, do these groups interact with each other? And, and that's question one. And the second part of that is, do these guides and masters who are out, well, the guides who are out there that we can uh, get in these groups and communicate with, as part of what they're doing for their own growth also. So they're helping us and that also helps them continue to raise their vibration in the the dimensions that they're in. I would assume so. Yes, but they're already vibrating at an extremely high level and that Mm -hmm. their purpose is to uh, uplift mankind and to raise the vibration of the planet. And yes, they do overlap. 
So if you're okay. calling upon one group or another, chances are it's pretty much the same. You need to just call it different names, but absolutely. And okay. um, so, All right. yeah. Um, I think a lot of people um, uh, want to be in touch with their, whatever you call it, their, their, their keeper of the threshold or the guardian angel or whatever. And a lot of people, uh, uh, even people who are working to raise their vibration, they have difficulty kind of making a connection that's clear to us humans that are in the third dimension because sometimes it seems like the guardian angels or the keeper of the threshold or whatever term you want to use is doesn't uh you know necessarily going to show itself uh, in a human form or come across as a dog in your dream or something like that but um what's the best way for people to make that connection because i think a lot of people want to and they're they're Mm -hmm. having trouble doing that yes the first thing is to understand that everyone can do this and not to try too hard. It's allowing it to happen. Set the attention, mm-hmm. you know, intention that you would like to connect with your spirit guide, with your angel, and so forth. Now, meditation is probably the most important thing that you can do. I always say praying is talking to God and the angels, but meditating is listening. And in mm-hmm. any relationship, you need to listen as well as to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, when you quiet your thoughts, you'll be able to tune into who they are. And you just simply have to ask, you know, what is your name? And as I said before, we are expecting to hear a voice, but they come to us as, as thoughts. So the, the most important thing is you have to differentiate your thoughts from theirs. Their thoughts will just pop in your head for no reason, whereas your thoughts will have an originating thought. So let me explain. Um, say you're trying to connect with a deceased loved one or an angel, um, and you're thinking about that. What triggered the thought? Like, did you see a picture of your loved one that triggered a thought that triggered a thought? That's you. But if the, if the message mm-hmm. that popped in your head, just I hope you're following, it just popped in your head, yes. that's how they okay. speak to you. And, you know, okay. if I didn't do this, if I didn't uh, do readings and so forth, been doing it for many years, when my own mother passed, you know, I would have a thought in my mind, hi, sweetheart. I don't call myself sweetheart. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I knew it was her. I said, but it's so subtle. Most people don't realize that's how they're speaking to us. So to notice those thoughts that just pop in your head for no reason, and then ask your angel, ask your guide to give you a sign. Just like I said Mm -hmm. to Wayne, give me a sign to let me know that's really you and I'm getting the message correctly. And you will. Just be patient and wait, and you'll get it. Okay. Um, How about this? I had an experience, and I'm just mentioning this because maybe other listeners have had the same thing. My dad passed in February. As I mentioned in my intro, that I feel like I have a very good connection with him, that we had good closure, and he knows I love him, and I know he loves me, and I know he's in a better place. And yet my my mother's still around, and she's got uh, Alzheimer's now. And um, Mm -hmm. I was visiting her last week, and I was talking to her, and I actually felt that my dad was talking to me through my mother by some of the things my mother was saying that was more like him than like her. Is that possible? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. So he's speaking through her. That's amazing. I love it. Yes. Yeah. He even, she even <laughs> did, uh, you know, one of the last things he did that gave me, he couldn't talk at the end. He had Parkinson's and he, and our, my last time together with him, he reached over and he grabbed my forearm and patted it. And I uh, was with my mother like two, three times ago, and all of a sudden she leaned over and she did the exact same thing. Now, oh neither gosh. of them had ever done that before. And I, was, I right. looked at her like, oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's so it's, 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 that's how things can work then. 
That's not yes. just coincidence. Yes, he's able to come through her. Yes. Yeah, our loved okay. ones could even come through an animal or another person, and whatever they're saying, you say, whoa, oh, that mm-hmm. sounded like my father or my grandma, you know. Yes, to now, pay attention n- to that as well. Now, let's get into, uh, if, you, if you'd like to, some of the 33 profound truths, because I love the fact that you start the book out, you come right out, here's the 33 truths, and you talk about the weak consciousness, and then at the end of the book, you just lay out, here's the 33 again, and uh, mm. and I think they're worth rereading, and also, the, the, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners are into prayer or whatever, but I read some of these prayers in the back of the book, and they were just made me feel really good. So I hope everybody picks up this book and goes right through it and reads the prayers at the end. But some of the 33, let me just pick one out randomly. Here it's number 15. Once you leave your physical body, you will be able to perceive everything through God's eyes. Could you mm-hmm. uh, explain that to our listeners? Yes. Now, if, if we understand that God is within each one of us, not just up there in the sky, let's, let's just that's the first thing, that we are divine beings, that we could create miracles in our lives. <clears throat> the only thing is that we can't, we don't realize it because we're in a physical body and our thoughts are going a mile a minute. But after we leave the physical body, we're not, we're able, because we're all one, or one with God, we're one with everyone and everything, we could see as God sees. So it's only pure love and light, regardless, you know, of what you've done, but you are able to see the bigger perspective you know, as God does. Right. Okay. But all um, in a loving way. All right. Let me just pull another one out. I'll just do it randomly if that's okay. Uh, okay. Number 11. At any particular time, the dominant vibration of the mass consciousness mm. strongly affects mm. what's happening in the world. I think we can all relate to that. Therefore, it's imperative yeah. that more people become aware of their connection to the whole and are at peace. And as, as, as we know, we're in a very wild, wacky time on planet Earth now. And um, everything I've read says that, like, if we, you know, individual consciousness can affect a lot of people. And if we, everybody got together and had to uh, raise their vibration, the whole planet could really do a lot of healing. Could you talk to us about that, Absolutely. Karen? Because we're all one, again. Now, that's the main concept of everything, that we are truly all one. So whatever we do to oneself or, an, or ourselves or another, it affects the whole. In order to create peace on earth, we have to uh, change ourselves one by one, you know, um, be more on par with the energy of who we are, which is God within us. I'm more concerned not who's in public office, but whoever voted for those in public, for that person in public office. The majority of the people are voting in a particular way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, yes. so if we all resonate more on par with who we are, which is all about love and peace and unity, and all of that, when we change our vibration, the whole vibration of the planet, of our country will raise, you know, rise as well. Mm-hmm. So that's important to just plug into who we really are. Every one of us has God within us. It's just, you know, and we all could create miracles. It's just the difference between the miracle workers and ones who are not are the miracle workers know it. And that's it. So we have to remember who we are and raise the okay. vibration of the planet. All right. Let me pull one up. One more here. Number 21, how you feel about whatever you are observing creates circumstances in your life that Mm -hmm. will generate similar types of feelings within you. Therefore, in order to maintain inner peace, you must make a conscious effort to focus on the positive and disconnect from whatever is creating bad inner feelings. Now, that's a tricky one for people because people get down and they start thinking things are down and it's hard to get out of that being down. So can you talk about that? Because it's like Absolutely. you get on the slippery slope and you go at snowballs if you're not careful. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
This one's extremely important. We have to focus on what we want instead of what we don't want. We have to focus on solutions instead of problems. We're vibrational beings um, that attract like unto itself. So whatever we're thinking and feeling, we're actually creating more of that in our lives. So it's extremely important, even if something, you know, most people would say that, yes, this is happening in my life. And I say, well, if you want to keep making that happen in your life, then keep focusing on it. What I do is I like to focus on what I want instead of what is. So mm-hmm. if there, I was going through a divorce years ago, and in order to connect with deceased loved ones and to connect, I have to keep my vibration high. So during that time, instead of focusing on, you know, poor me and being angry or sad, I had to do it, you know, raise my vibration quickly. So every morning I'd come in, I'd meditate, but I'd actually go on YouTube and Google babies laughing or puppies or anything that would raise my vibration, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't do that for everyone has a different thing that makes them happy. So I would say, I'm not saying uh, push it down. You know, you're going to think about it, yes. But then focus more on what you want instead and something that makes you happy. Take it until you make it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of uh, kind of creating your own experience, um, which I think a lot of people don't really understand that we we have more power than we think we do. I remember watching one of Wayne Dyer's videos and uh, he said, okay, he was talking about I am and he gave this statement. I actually put it in my notes and I always say it every day. And that is, uh, I am the conquering presence and I command it to govern my mind, my home, my world and my affairs. And uh, it's kind of as a way of, I guess, re, uh, reaffirming the fact that you have everybody is the part of divinity. Yes, that's beautiful. And he also he used to say, if you say I am, you're affirming that you're making it even stronger in your life. So that's why it's important to say I am. I am healthy. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not, now, you say it till you make it. Take it. What is it? Take it. What is it? What did I just say? Anyway, you know what I mean. Take it until you make yep. it. <laughs> and uh, now he's saying in the book that he's changed from the I am to uh, we, are. Uh, we are. We are. And it's so much stronger because in reality, um, we're – let me see if I could find that. I have um, – I can't find it right now. But, yes, he said it's so much stronger if you say we are because in reality we are all connected anyway. So when you say we are healthy, we are abundant, you're, it's just coming from a higher level you know, the group consciousness, it it doesn't, we don't understand this. I know you've heard that, you know, we're all one. And sometimes you feel it when you're meditating after you leave the physical body, you will feel it immediately that we are all one. And when you understand that, when you affirm from the, we are instead of I am, because saying I am says that you are not, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the other most important things I think in the book is it comes up early and you said, you know, we, you asked how many may I serve and when, and how important that is in terms of a perspective or communication with divinity and the universal love, if you will. And that invariably what you get back is, uh, and correct me if 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 I'm wrong here, is that how may I serve you comes back to you. So by offering to serve, then you get a lot of help, if you will. Absolutely. When you say, how, I'm, how may I serve, the universe works in ways to conspire to serve you as well. Um, I have learned through the process of writing this book and uh, speaking with the We Guides, you know, through, over the years, so um, that the, they want also for us to say, how may I serve others and myself? Because if you don't mm-hmm. put yourself in the equation, it's always about serving others, and then you'll feel depleted. 
because as I was saying before, I, I often, you know, I used to feel insignificant and I'm not good enough. And I used to always serve everybody else. So it's important right. to say, how may I serve everyone? You know, how may I serve myself and others? And in so okay. doing, the universe works in ways to serve us as well. All right. You, uh, we've got a couple of minutes, so I want to ask you a few more things, if that's okay. Uh, one mm-hmm. is um, that I think would be illuminating for our audience. One is, you know, uh, there's a lot of disclosure coming. Uh, you know, if you really look in the papers and stuff, you go to like the ninth page in the Daily News or the New York Post or something. There's always something about, oh, there is, hey, they found water on Mars or whatever, which, you know, yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot going on that we're not being, that's not being shared. That's just the, the way uh-huh. it is. I think there's a plan over time that we will learn more and more for whatever. I don't know if it's for control or they think people will freak out, but there's a misunderstanding whether it comes through the media or through movies, uh, but ETs, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a big universe. I think people are waking up to the fact that like it would be pretty narcissistic to think we're the only beings anywhere because it's a big multiverse out there. So what could you share with our listeners about uh, what they really should know about ETs. Yes. So this is a vast universe. And to think that our planet is the only one with life is is just silly. Um, Perhaps life as we know it, you know, with these particular bodies and such. But there are, uh, there is life on other planets, many, many planets and so forth. But, and some of them are very peaceful and some of them are not so much so. But um, Mm -hmm. To understand also about past lives, you know, if we keep coming back, you, I don't know if you believe in reincarnation. Yes, I mean, believe in recycling, back, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Yeah. Why would we keep coming back to planet Earth when there's a vast universe? So to understand there are beings here on Earth, believe it or not, that they are not from the Earth. And you could tell them by the way they speak. They just know more. And um, I don't want to, you know, it's actually a very peaceful thing. You know, sometimes people get scared mm-hmm. when they hear that, but they're very much more into peace. The, some of these beings and stuff, they're here to save our planet at this particular time. Okay. Um, you talk a lot in the book, write a lot in the book about, um, you know, and it's so important to uh, people need to you know, like ra- work on raising their vibration and work on cleaning themselves up. I talked about my, this, this process of elimination diet was just a mm. crazy idea I had and that it's working out for me. But uh, part of that is, you know, going more and more towards a plant-based diet. And I know you're a vegan and uh, yeah. I, eventually I'll, I'll get there. But it takes time. I mean, I got sick when I stopped eating meat after about six weeks, like uh, because I think everything was kind of coming out of me and my immune system is down, whatever. But uh, I was detoxing and I, I, decided right then and there that I would never go back to eating meat because of that. Cause I didn't want to go through that again. But um, for a lot of people, it's really tough to change their habits and the food supply is not like it was when we were kids. What, what is your, um, you know, snapshot of what would you recommend people to do to start cleaning up their diet to uh, help to raise their vibration? Well, let me begin by saying when I started to receive messages from the angels, uh, I just felt the pain of the animals and I just couldn't eat meat anymore. Mm -hmm. And I assure you, if you could feel that you wouldn't eat, you know, people wouldn't eat meat as well. If we could live happy and healthy lives without harming anyone, and since animals are part of who we are, why wouldn't we? And and I can tell you, I I have never been healthier. I would say if you... if being, having a vegan diet doesn't resonate with you, and that's that's perfectly fine. How about one day a week, not eating and mm-hmm. uh, eating a plant-based diet? Great idea. Right, that would save mm-hmm. one animal's life a week. If if each person did that, 
how many animals would, would be saved. And I assure you, it's, very, it's so much healthier than eating a meat and dairy-based diet. You could, read, you, know, you could watch documentaries, Forks Over Knives, or the documentary called What the Health, H-E-A-L-T-H. It's on Netflix. And um, it just shows you it reverses diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and so forth when you eat a plant-based diet. And it's also more compassionate, eating in a more compassionate way as well. Well, I can tell you that I feel so much better since, uh, and the more, uh, as I was saying, the more I eliminate things, the uh, the cravings for them over time goes away. And by eliminating something else every week, um, then, you know, something I craved a month ago, it's like in the distant past. So whatever works for people, I think, as long as they get started. And I think, yeah. like you said, if, even if they start with one day a week, because it's a process, yeah. you can't just change everything all at once. It's too exactly. much of a shock to the system. A um, right. couple more quick questions for you, Karen. Um, you mentioned mm-hmm. something in the book, dark energies kind of rising out of the earth and that we have to be careful for that. I feel that, you know, as I mentioned in my intro, coming back to New York, it's almost like we're, people here, uh, and they're great people here, and there's so much talent here, but it's almost like there's a lot of people, we're not allowed to be happy. There's like something preventing people from, it's really tough work. To, if you, you know, there's one thing to go to the top of a mountain in the Himalayas and uh, find bliss. <laughs> there's another thing. Yeah. If you can find it here in New York City, you can find it anywhere. And I feel <laughs> it's tougher than ever because it's, a, it's just there's a lot of anxiety. And it's, I, I don't know, is these dark energies, are they easing, oozing through the streets? Or what's going on in our urban well, centers? What we need to do is focus more on the light and the blessings and all the good that's going on in, in Manhattan. I noticed that those are the ones in Manhattan. My daughter lives there, and it, it's just an incredible energy. They're the ones that are really uh, they have demonstrations for peace and, and you know, yep. so forth. I'd like to focus on how what a wonderful time it is. And I think the dark, darkness has to be, you know, shown so that the, we, when we turn on the light, the darkness goes away. Okay, great. Um, yeah. One last question and then, uh, then a request. Last question is uh, you also mentioned uh, bottled water. Um, I guess it's because yeah. of plastics. Uh, people mm-hmm. are now only just they're, we're at the, only at the tip of people starting to realize that plastics are a big problem because when you drink in the bottled water and other things that are in plastic that you're ingesting plastic. Is that, is that what you're saying there? Uh, what I was saying is more about the environment that, uh, you know, to make sure okay. that you do drink bottled okay. water to recycle because our planet really it. need to, to, yeah, to heal the planet Earth. Okay. Um, let's uh, talk about your website is com. So it's Karen and NOE.com. The book is mm-hmm. We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. I'm going to take my... Uh, executive privilege as the host of the podcast to ask you since you are a psychic medium what do i need to know what you need to know is that you're on the right path it's lit up for you and just continue and uh, be confident you're going in the direction of your dreams and this next book is going to be a huge success just trust yourself and i see the word trust in front of me so trust that everything's going to work out exactly it's in perfect divine order Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. Your You're welcome. Good. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, I, I have chills on me from that, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's not like me, but I felt that. So thank you and thank you for wherever the message came from. And uh, also I wanted a shout out, if you will, to I want to say hello to Wayne Dyer and thank you. I'm going to be asking him a couple of questions along the way, and he's always been an inspiration. I also, through you, just tell my dad. I'm telling him now, I love you, Dad, and I know he's out there, and uh, I know we're in touch, so thank you. 
And tell him to give you a without a doubt sign so that you know he's with you. <laughs> okay. All right. I shall. All right. So listen, Karen, thank you so much. I love the work you're doing. I love, I truly, and I don't gush over books all the time because I get a lot of them here, but this book, I've got to tell you, if I would read one book on, you know, how to really raise your vibration and spirituality that just lays it all out there and very digestible, it's this book. I, I just blew through it. And I'm like, this is great. So I'm so thrilled. And particularly because I grew up uh, in Bergen County, New Jersey, River Edge, and you're a <laughs> Bergen County person in Waldwick, and you're doing such wonderful yeah. work. And it's a pleasure to meet you. I hope you can do it again sometime. Oh, absolutely. And if I may, I wanted to say I'm, uh, I'm going to be speaking with the Dyers, two of his daughters at Omega, October 12th, 13th and 14th. So if anybody can join us, it's going to be a great weekend. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. I really enjoyed this and I hope our audience did, too. I'm sure they did. Thank you very much. Have a great night. OK, take care. Bye bye. All right, everybody. Um, I'm going to wrap the show now. Um, we, we, we often do a uh, guy's guy's guide at the end of the show, but we've been running a little bit late and I want to keep going with Karen because she, she has so many good things to say. And a lot of times things I talk about in terms of wellness and I talked about my process of elimination diet, things like that, but all of everything, it's like in her book. So it's fantastic. So uh, we thank her, Karen Noe for being here and, and go to her website and check her out. She's really terrific. Um, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with her. And I, I thoroughly enjoy being with you on Guys Guys Radio. And I thank my listeners because, you know, uh, it really makes a difference. And uh, we're growing. And we've got, as I mentioned, we've got lots of great guests coming up. So thank you for being with me and uh, growing with us and uh, all the best. So as I always like to say at the end of the show, we're going to be back Sunday night. But as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>